how do you bounce back from feedback? We're a profession of perfectionists, and sometimes when we get advice or recommendations on how we should have handled something, we don't always accept it in the fashion that we should. This week, we're going to talk about how you can bounce back from feedback on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And a tough topic for many of us in the veterinary profession is feedback. We say we want it, we demand it, and then when we get it, sometimes we don't know what to do with it. In fact, many times we actually react negatively to feedback that is meant to make us better. Well, this week we're going to talk about what you should do when you're given feedback and how you can learn and grow. But before we talk about all that type of stuff, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, feedback is one of those devices that we see a lot in the press. You know, I've written, you've written and lectured about this for decades, at least I have. And, uh, you know, we try to tell people, hey, it's important to give performance evaluations and so forth. And that's all good and well. But Becky, what happens sometimes when you serve up, uh, hey, you should have done this a different way, or I think you could handle this differently. I mean, that's really where I think many of us start to struggle. Yeah, I think how we give where it's said, how it's said, all of those things, but we can't control how people give us feedback. So even though we know it might not have been delivered effectively or in the best way or in a way that we received it comfortably, there it is still feedback. And so rather than controlling how it's always delivered, you know, um, and instead of getting hung up on the like, you know, like we were talking beforehand and sort of like you said, more the, the context than the content. I think we have an opportunity to lose out on on something that could be valuable. And it's just sort of a way of looking to reflect internally since we've talked a lot about giving feedback. Right. Um, but that doesn't always change and we can't change the people who are going to directly affect our day with feedback. Yeah, and right, viewfinders, from the start, Becky and I want to point out, we're not talking about harassment or bullying. We're not talking about people being threatening or intimidating. We're talking about, you know, a manager, an owner, even a colleague who I think, let's just, for purposes of today's conversation, say they have good intent in their heart, okay? Yeah. You know, they're not out to hurt you. They're actually just trying to say, hey, if you had done this a little differently, it might have changed the way things turned out. And so that's where I want to start off. What I think the first thing that I want to remind viewfinders, Becky, is that, okay, First and foremost, you got to separate, as you mentioned, the context from the content. When people are trying to, and, and again, we're going to say this with pure intent, trying to help you, well, you've got to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, the, right now is not a great time, or this is not an appropriate venue for you to give me that kind of feedback. But let's set that aside and say, what are you telling me? And so I think that anytime people in my life, this has been my experience, Becky, anytime people have taken the time, effort, and energy to actually pull me aside and say, yo, dude, <laughs> you could have done something really different there. Uh, I always have said, thank you. I've been appreciative. Even though at the moment you might want to feel defensive or resentful, right? But, you know, I, I somehow was able early in my life to say, okay, this sucks. <laughs> and I want to I start yelling back at you and defending myself. But you know what? I'm going to trust that you have pure heart and you're trying to help me out. Becky, does, I mean, have you ever had experiences like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, there's a, I think there's so much to it. And I think a lot of it has to do with how you're given feedback. 
or how you see people take feedback in that's, the yes. more fundamental times of your life, right? Because that's right. how we develop. Um, it, 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 and I think that's a really important part is because it's like, it is a skill to be developed. I've told the story I know on this podcast a million times about the first time I was ever edited and it was so upsetting. And I was like, you know, why don't you just write the article yourself then, you know? Yeah. But now I'm a better writer because of that, because that feedback was valid, right? It, it was from a, somebody who had had an experience, more knowledge, more education, and wanted to help me grow, didn't want to rewrite the article. Um, and so I learned from that experience how positive feedback can be and how it can help you grow. But if you don't, you know, to be ironic or cliche, <laughs> get positive feedback from your feedback, or if you, you know, right, can't, right. then it, it is limiting. And it's unfortunate, right? Because, at the, you know, certainly not to say, well, I guess it's, it's semi-narcissistic to think that <laughs> the people's feedback doesn't have any kind of valid place to land. Exactly. And I, I think we, we emphasize so much how it's delivered that we almost get into this state of like, if you don't meet the criteria of delivering it in a healthy way, then I am shutting it out. Um, yep. And that's good, right? Because we don't want to absorb the bad that goes with it. But I think it, it, it does draw a line that we could consider how do we filter it through. Exactly. And so I think that's that's what I'm trying to get across there, Becky, is the fact that, okay, yeah, the way they presented it to you, the feed, the way they did it might suck, right? But if the content is valid, then then you should take that into consideration. You should really, you know, start to take it to heart. Now, again, Becky, you know, here's the other thing too, is that when people are giving you feedback, especially in a working environment, and I'm now kind of getting into your subordinates or your superior is giving you some kind of advice or feedback, you know, and again, a disrespect well, this, irregardless of how it was presented, let's talk about, you know, okay, you can, you can disagree with that, but I think there's a way to civilly disagree. So let's say, Becky, that your boss or your manager or somebody is giving you this feedback and you think they're wrong, right? I mean, that you also have the opportunity to make your case. I think where we fall short is we start to just get defensive. Like our de facto position is to defend whatever it is we just did. Because to not defend our actions or whatever we you know just happened, then somehow says we were wrong. And I think that the most important lesson that I learned early in life was the fact that I'm going to be wrong. In fact, I'm wrong a lot. And to accept that, and then when people pointed it out, say, hey, you know what, how you can be right next time? Try this. So Becky, I, I mean, how do you deal with that, right? So you, you want to fight back. You want to say, nope, you're wrong, just for the sake of saying you're wrong. But how do you overcome that, that urge? <laughs> therapy have i mentioned therapy no part of it is is having really safe people around you giving you feedback right okay so i think for one thing is if i get feedback that's a little bit hard like yes first of all you do want to defend yourself and you want to you want to say like uh, i you know i think with any i'm not doing good here i think with any conversation it's important not to do the whole like but or no right. or like shut right. out because then you're just turning immediately your whoever's providing this feedback is like, oh, they didn't hear what I was saying or they've taken it out of context. Then they're going to start thinking about how to reword everything and they're not going right. to listen to what you have to say in, the, in anything that's coming out afterwards. So I think when I receive really hard feedback or feedback that doesn't come off in a way that I, if I, I'm, I have an immediate positive response I, I go to a default of asking questions. And part of that is because it gives me more time to think 
about what I need to say, but it gives me more information because sometimes we are we are extrapolating the negative um, and it isn't meant that way or the tone right. isn't meant that way or anything. So it can kind of be like, can you tell me what you mean by that? Or can you tell me some more about that? Or can you give me an example of that? Because I want to make sure I'm totally understanding. But again, that comes with a lot of growth. My immediate reaction 10 years ago, Becky, I'd like roll my eyes, you know, and, and I'd be the toxic employee who didn't take good feedback. And the reason was, is because one imposter syndrome, right? And so how we respond to how we already feel like we're not doing a great job. So thanks for reminding me. And two is, you know, just to be defensive because I was trying my hardest. And I think that's what I see the most in my colleagues is we're sort of type A. We really want to be perfect. We want to do a great job. And so when somebody comes back and points out something that wasn't, we almost want to justify why we did what we did or how we did it because it was done with the best intentions. It was done with the attempt to be quote unquote perfect. And so it's almost like, I want you to see what I saw so that you understand that what I did was right. Yeah, (laughs) And that can happen regardless of how it's delivered. Um, How it's delivered sort of depends on how I'm going to come back at you with that. Right. But, but honestly, in my experience, if you don't take feedback, well, you're probably not going to take it great no matter how it gets delivered. And I think that's the real like internal question we need to ask ourselves. Yeah. And viewfinders, you simply can't get better without feedback. I mean, feedback starts when we're young in the United States. I mean, this is grades on tests, right? I mean, you know, these are teacher evaluations. And one of the things too, I feel fortunate, Becky, is that, you know, look, I was a small guy and it really wasn't until later that I discovered my, you know, aptitude for endurance athletics because all through high school and college, I mean, you know, nobody, no, not that guy. So I I got into the arts, right? I mean, I was a a writer, you know, I got to, to, participate and as we had a high school team and I would go and write essays at these competitions and you know and had some success back in the day but you know what I what I value about that different than athletics is athletics on the field you know your success or your feedback literally is the time on a clock or the score on the scoreboard right you know or a coaches you know yelling at you to do whatever um, and so those physical things are kind of easier to measure but sometimes you know you would turn in an essay or a piece of art or play a piece in the band um, and and suddenly you know people are giving you this very subjective interpretation of of you know what you're trying to express almost emotionally in many instances, right? And so I think that 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 was really instrumental for me because I, I, at an early age, would go in and people would rip apart my writing and then the next week, you know, they'd be like, wow, praising it, right? And so you got to sort of understand, okay, sometimes there's feedback that I can act on. Other times there's feedback maybe that I'm just going to have to ignore, but always I'm going to be thankful because these are pushing me forward. And so, you know, I'd love to hear from the viewfinders, you know, have you had those kind of experiences? Because Becky, I think that you said it earlier and it really sparked some some memories in me of you know you're saying hey it's how you know when you were giving this given this type of feedback you know it's these are foundational things right i mean these are as you develop you know if you are given feedback at an early age and you handled it well and you grew from it well then an older adulthood you're going to be like hey i get it you know becky at the, the outset i did mention that one of my concerns about our profession in particular is we do tend to be perfectionists. We talk about this a lot, you know, and we talk about this in terms of how it leads to, you know, mental health issues. But if you're a perfectionist, I mean, I think that's even harder for you to accept feedback. Am I right? Oh, we could do a whole episode on perfectionism (laughs) because it's absolutely impossible, right? Because 
I don't know, like perfectionism, we know that that's self-damage. It's not something we should be striving for anyway. So in theory, if you are striving for perfection, you should be striving for feedback, right? Right. So so it's kind of counterintuitive because the more perfection people I know, the the more perfect they they want to be or seem to be, the less they take that feedback, which again, I think that's counterintuitive. If you want to be perfect, then you should be really like, hey, help perfect me. Um, Because... Otherwise, you are implying you are already perfect. And so I think, again, this really falls into like, this is about you. And again, that's not if you're getting non-constructive criticisms or or whatever, like, great, that's not about you. But if you find it really hard to swallow opportunities for self-improvement or or reflection from somebody else's experience, then, you know, you've got to do the, the, the work to figure out why. I think as managers, we, you know, we, that's a, a real red flag. I always say, you know, people who, who don't want, to, you know, the change to happen, they don't want to, you know, they fight that sort of improvement cycle. Right. I think those are the ones that are generally the most toxic. And I know that from my own personal experiences. And um, so I think there's things that we can look out for. Um, but I think internally, we really need to learn how to say like, is this criticism? Is this feedback? What good can I take from it? Um, and and pick it apart because then it doesn't it doesn't feel like a personal attack. Very rarely is it ever. Um, but I think if you you know if you struggle with that in in you know I, I think about it. Um, there's so many people we speak with who immediately go to the comments. And they always say they're looking for the bad comments. You know, they're looking for the bad. And they're never really, like, there. Um, and there are always a lot of really good comments. And and that's always the outstanding ones. But they say, like, oh, but the, the hard ones are the ones that you get really hung up on. So I think the way we take feedback is something that should really be reflected on in terms of why we take it that way. And where we need to maybe go and where we are in our self-improvement journey, right? Because yeah. if you're seeking negative feedback or you're just sure it's coming, I think that's as big a problem as if you can't take it. Absolutely. I love that. And, and two viewfinders, I want to make sure to make a clear distinction here between like comments on a social media post or whatever out there by the yeah. random anonymous public versus, you know, again, someone who might be your superior in the workplace. So, uh, and Becky, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I do think people conflate those two, you know, between comments and, you know, on Facebook versus my boss is telling me, you know, I got to do stuff different. Well, and I think in my experience, what I've seen is even more so than internally, it's when external comes in and it isn't mean and attacking, right? Like I've seen veterinarians I've worked for before get like a letter of complaint and it isn't a social media blast. It is a genuine heartfelt, I didn't feel you listened to my concerns. I don't feel like you did a good job treating my dog. A lot of times it is an outlet of, for the clients, right? For grief or for whatever, but I've seen sort of what is a valid delivery of a person's valid experience right? sort of make people fall apart in different ways. Either one, they completely crumble and they they just feel terrible about themselves and, and it's a very emotional experience. Sometimes it incites fury or anger or like, well, forget them and, you know, well, what do they know and X, Y, and Z, right? So I've seen genuine feedback cause a lot of emotional concerns. And I think that's the time we can really sort of stop and reflect how we take feedback, right? Because there isn't an emotional tone. It's our interpretation of tone, or it is like very, it is, 
we don't have anything else to blame it on, right? Like you can't say, well, they were just being a jerk and they were yelling at me or embarrassing me in front of my coworkers when they gave me that feedback. Right. It was in a very constructive, healthy, true way. It just wasn't how I saw it or it wasn't my experience at the time. Um, and those are the times that I find it really interesting because I think that's when we're left to really deal with the just the feedback itself and there is no emotion we can blame the rest of it on. And I, I think that it is important to stop and think like, what can I do with this? Mm -hmm. I think we get a little bit hung up more on what it is than what can be done with it and how right. it can be processed, right? Right. right. That's, that's really good. You know, Becky, it's interesting, you know, I, I used to teach my managers and, and even you know, my associate vets that I used to say a joke and I would say, as soon as you tell another staff member or colleague, you know, something that's negative about their work, the volume in your voice goes up a hundred times in their ears, right? Yeah. You know, so this is the, they were yelling at me and it's like, nobody was yelling. I didn't hear right. anything at all, right? So again, I love the way you, you framed it as it's actually how we interpret it. So sometimes, and not always, viewfinders, but sometimes people are actually delivering this negative type of feedback, you know, constructive criticism, as we like to call it, in a in a just a perfectly civil fashion, but yet again, your ears just turned it up the volume a hundred yeah. times, and so we start now to interpret and perceive it as something that it isn't, or more than, right, Becky? I mean, I think that it's really important to kind of be able to self reflect and 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 remove sometimes, you know, like as Becky's saying, the emotional context or baggage that might be attached, because again, this is an emotionally defensive response in many instances. Yeah, and I think that's a why I have the default of asking questions and trying to give myself more time to think and to get as much information as I can. Because I think most of the time my initial reaction is not going to be good. It, it, I think defensiveness is my automatic go-to, right? Like, it, it, I don't want it to be, but I, I feel like most of the time it is. And and a lot of times it's my own protection because I'm mad at myself, right? I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that. Um, a lot of times it's frustration. I had the best intentions. Why didn't that go the way I wanted it to? Or it didn't come off as I wanted it to. And now I'm frustrated. So I think a lot of times too, the defensiveness doesn't even have to be directed at the other person, but it adds to the emotional situation. So the frustration you might be feeling at yourself is going to come off as defensiveness to the information you just received. Um, and so when it's a matter of taking the emotion out of it, I mean entirely. Don't don't take emotion internally and blame yourself and start the dialogue. And don't take the dialogue externally and start blaming the person across from you either, right? Like just kind of sit with that information. And I think that that truly takes a lot of practice. And I think one of the best ways to go about it is to seek feedback. Yes. And and because this is the thing, I want to say like small caveat, you don't have to be in a space to receive feedback all the time. Like right, right, the right, best agree. feedback can be delivered in the best way. And I could literally tell you, just go shove it because I right. have heard everything I need to hear today and I'm not in the mood. But right, exactly. in that healthy space, right? Because that's where like therapy has us is always in the good times, not in the fights, not in the bad times, in the good times, you're having a good day. You feel good about something. Can you be really brave and say, hey, I feel really good about that procedure. I'd like to feel even, is there any feedback you have for how I did? Um, because I feel like I did a really good job and I, I just would like to hear um, if there was anything I could improve or anything that you noticed, what, like whatever, you get it. Right. But like seeking the feedback so you can become comfortable with it. 
and that you're giving people permission to give it in a time that you're ready to accept it, I think then gives us a better ability to be well-practiced with that muscle memory, to not be as reactive in the times where I just didn't want to hear it. I wasn't in a space for it. Yeah. The only caveat I'll give to your caveat, Becky, is the fact that you got to be able to also distinguish between fishing for a compliment, you know, hey, is there anything else I could do? Oh, no, that was perfect, right? Which is, I think, what many of us want to hear <laughs> versus then being able to say, you know, I'm going to actually give this person some constructive criticism on that surgery, right? That's <laughs> about, yeah, but that's about your circle, right? Because if, exactly, if you're saying, exactly. what could right. I have improved? Right? That's the difference between open and enclosed and questions, right? Is right. like, what could I have done to improve that? Like, oh, no, you did great. So there's literally nothing. I couldn't have gone any faster. I couldn't have done that. Because part of what I'm saying, you're saying, I blame on people are uncomfortable giving feedback because people get defensive. We are now in a cycle, right? Exactly. Because I give you healthy feedback and then you freak out. Now I'm afraid to give that feedback in the future. And and at the end of the day, we have to remember we're in a profession where like you you have to be ready. Like you're going to do something wrong. You're going to screw something up. You're going to have a patient interaction that somebody doesn't like. Something is going to happen. And and the idea that you you would have no room for improvement or that you are the smartest person in the room that nobody else around you could possibly see something you didn't. Again, that's that's some work you need to do on yourself, (laughs) you know, because that's um that's something to reflect on too. Right, right, and and again, I think that's that's really where I think this whole conversation is is founded on. Right, it's just we're trying to make ourselves better, and I think that that begins, as Becky said, and as I've said as well, that you know you've got to accept feedback. And, And look again, viewfinders, it's very easy to just dismiss it. And again, the volume in your head is up to a thousand, right? And you're like, oh, why are they yelling at me all the time? You know, they're telling me I'm not doing this, this. But if you can somehow really distill it into what are they trying to tell me? And again, this may take time away from work. This may take time deep into meditation at night or whatever, you know, and that's not a great time to dwell on this. But whatever you have to do to actually say, okay, can I tease apart what they were trying to tell me to make me a better person? And again, I'm going back to the supposition, like we said at the start of the podcast, Becky, that we're saying this is somebody with good intent because there's plenty of people out there that will that'll just try to hurt you, right? But I don't I don't think in the workplace it happens. I mean, it does happen some, Becky, but I mean, there's good feedback, right? I mean, yeah. I always gave good feedback. Well, I think that, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, there no, it's not always good feedback. It might be bad feedback, right? right and it right, can be delivered exactly. in a good way, but you got to get it. Like, you got to hear it. You, you've got to, I just think if there's a strive to improve, again, I think it's this oxymoron. Ask yourself, if you really are trying to be perfect, do you take feedback well? Because if if you're striving for perfectionism, then you would be looking for things to improve. And so, um, again, I think we get really hung up in the, in the weeds of how it was delivered and I couldn't hear it that way in X, Y, and Z, as opposed to, like you said, just sort of um, parsing it out. And, and again, there are steps to that. You've got to remove the emotion from it. You've got to sit with it a little bit and and parse out what is yours, what's theirs, what's valuable, what's not valuable. Right. And and that is how we do all of our information intake, right? That's no different than having a conversation with a client in a room who gives you good information and bad information and some emotional information and some, you know, right. and and we are are able to parse it out. 
But when we we take it internally, it, it's such an important skill for us, I think, to reflect on how we take it because you have to create a safe space to receive as you are to give. Yeah, and and along these lines, Becky, I remember back in the in the early two thousands, I would give these lectures and I would I would make this comment, and I had slides built around this, saying that client complaints are camouflaged constructive criticisms, and so people would go nuts when I would say this stuff and they would be like, oh no, clients are jerks and blah, 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 just like they do today. But if you can somehow, uh, look, there are some jerks, no doubt about it. And like we said, there's some feedback that's just totally inappropriate. It's maybe with a hurtful design. But most of the complaints are actually grounded in something that you could do better, right? It's about waiting. It's about not, you didn't create value for cost. You know, it's about somehow the care or whatever. So, you know, again, if you can somehow say, okay, look, and look, there may be clients that are threatening, intimidating, all that kind of stuff. But if you can somehow then say, but wait, the content that they were trying to share could make me a better practice. I think it's worthwhile to consider if someone is giving any kind of feedback at the other than screaming to make themselves feel better <laughs> and being a bully, they care. It, it, right. They have some value. I agree. It, it, it's like if I don't feel like change can happen, if I don't feel like a person is worth investing in my reflection or my time to try to help them improve, um, like I'm like feedback is me investing in you. Feedback is me trying to help train you or guide you or as a client tell you how, you know, I would have really rather this gone this way or I had the perception that this is what was going to happen. Um it is because I care enough that I don't want it to happen again. If I stop complaining or I stop giving feedback or we stop having conversations, I'm giving up, right? I'm going to go right. find another vet. I'm going to find another job, whatever it is. So I think it becomes incredibly essential to be able to receive it because um, you'll stop getting it and then no one's investing in you. And that, I think that's the, the really scary place. Yeah, and, and, and viewfinders, that, that is, Becky and I have both said this, but I'm going to repeat it because I do fear, are we entering into a time when managers, superiors, even colleagues are fearful to give any feedback at any time for anything because they're going to be met with de- with defensiveness, with, you know, uh, again, a counter rebuttal, a debate, a fight, you know, and, and then they stop. And Becky, that's really, you know, we're, I, I kind of worry about that. You know, we did the episode on quiet quitting and we also mentioned quiet firing. And Becky, you know, I fear that we're kind of setting ourselves up for this perfect storm of of quiet. Yeah, right. Well, that's it, right? Because we... and. W- and it started out, you know, however long ago, it was just like, I'm not comfortable, quote unquote, confrontation. And, you know, confrontation was very largely lumped into, I think, a lot of these different pieces and parts that got a, a really negative connotation. And people got really comfortable saying, like, I just I just can't do that. Like, I'm not right. comfortable with that. Instead of a rhetoric of like, oh, how can I embrace that and grow from that? And that's just what we can change. That's just what we we need to look at. There are so many better ways to that people can do things that affect us. But because we don't have control over that, the whole point of this is how can you take regardless of how it's delivered and grow? Because you're going to have to live through the experience either way, right? You're, right, you're going to have right. to walk away from it either way. So can you walk away with, from something positive? Yeah, yeah. And again, viewfinders, this is one of those topics that, 
there's a lot of ways to interpret it, but we hope that you'll interpret this as saying, look, I'm going to be a little more open-minded to what people tell me. Sometimes I'm even going to disregard how they told me and really focus on what so that I can be a better person. So I'd really like to hear your thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, I, I do think that, as we mentioned at the outset, the way you give or deliver feedback is an art in and to itself. But I also think there's an art in and to itself on how we receive it. Because I think if we don't receive it with some type of open-mindedness and trying to say, look, you know, I get where you're going with this and I'm going to now go back and reflect on it. And you can always point out, hey, but the way you did it was inappropriate. And let me explain that to you. I think we can also do that civilly as well. But, uh, you know, Becky, any last thoughts on this? you know, tips, advice on accepting feedback, even if sometimes it's not what you want to hear? Well, again, I think it's starting with your trusted space. Find people that you know. And first of all, say like, hey, how? Do, what do you think? Do I, How do I take feedback? Have you ever offered me feedback and notice? Like, get the temperature, have a good circle of people around you that you trust um, and, and kind of understand that it starts with you. Um, it's a, it's an exercise in self-growth and self-reflection. And I, that's the hardest stuff to do. So <laughs> kind of be prepared for that. <laughs> it is. You know, and Becky, all these years, like I, I, I remember talking to vets and saying, you're really trying to uncover the why and that's painful work. And I know vets are just going, what are you talking about? What's so painful about that? I love animals. I want to be a vet. And it's like, that's not, that is not why we do anything. It is never that superficial. And so I would see, say this is a great opportunity if you are struggling with accepting feedback to start to uncover why. Why? Yeah. And, and that's, it, it's, as Becky mentioned, that can be painful, but gosh, it's so worth it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile thing. Look around the people around you who take feedback really well, and maybe you can ask them how they got to be there. But um, it's, it's kind of a village thing, right? It's about learning and getting tools that aren't currently in your toolbox. So I don't know. We want to hear what you guys do about it. Yeah, if you want to reach out to us, you can contact us over on Facebook or on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. And our favorite way to hear from you is by email. And you can email us at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. Well, all I know is that we appreciate your feedback. If you guys get a chance, <laughs> head on over, leave us five stars and a little bit of feedback that we can practice with. That's right. And Becky, I'll be giving you some feedback after this. All right, Bring it guys, on. you have a great week. <laughs> We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, but yeah, I think sometimes. Keep your feedback to yourself. I liked it. I think we...